podcast Catechism of the Catholic Church in a year. Today is day 137, and we begin with number 1023. Those who die in God's grace and friendship and are perfectly purified live forever with Christ. They are like God forever, for they see him as he is, face to face. By virtue of our apostolic authority, we define the following. According to the general disposition of God, the souls of all the saints and other faithful who died after receiving Christ's holy baptism, provided they were not in need of purification when they died, or if they then did need or will need some purification when they have been purified after death, already before they take up their bodies again and before the general judgment, and this since the ascension of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ into heaven, have been, are, and will be in heaven, in the heavenly kingdom and celestial paradise with Christ, joined to the company of the holy angels. Since the passion and death of our Lord Jesus Christ, these souls have seen and do see the divine essence with an intuitive vision, and even face to face without the mediation of any creature. This perfect life with the most holy trinity, this communion of life and love with the trinity, with the Virgin Mary, the angels, and all the blessed, is called heaven. Heaven is the ultimate end and fulfillment of the deepest human longings, the state of supreme, definitive happiness. To live in heaven is to be with Christ. The elect live in Christ, but they retain, or rather find, their true identity, their own name. For life is to be with Christ. Where Christ is, there is life. There is the kingdom. By his death and resurrection, Jesus Christ has opened heaven to us. The life of the blessed, of the blessed consists in the full and perfect procession, possession of the fruits of the redemption accomplished by Christ. He makes partners in his heavenly glorification, those who have believed in him and remained faithful to his will. Heaven is the blessed community of all who are perfectly incorporated into Christ. This mystery of blessed communion with God and all who are in Christ is beyond all understanding and description. Scripture speaks of it in images, life, light, peace, wedding feast, wine of the kingdom, the Father's house, the heavenly Jerusalem, paradise. No eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Because of his transcendence, God cannot be seen as he is unless he himself opens up his mystery to man's immediate contemplation and gives him the capacity for it. The church calls this contemplation of God in his heavenly glory the beatific vision. How great will your glory and happiness be to be allowed to see God, to be honored with sharing the joy of salvation and eternal light with Christ your Lord and God, to delight in the joy of immortality in the kingdom of heaven with the righteous and God's friends. In the glory of heaven, the blessed continue joyfully to fulfill God's will in relation to other men and to all creation. Already they reign with Christ. With him they shall reign forever and ever. Father Larry. Okay, so here we have a glimpse of heaven. And, um, you know, the, the problem with speaking about heaven is that it's, I mean, we've never been there. And I think we tend to water it down and 
make fabricated to what we believe heaven would be like. And, and even the way we speak about heaven can be rather um, just uh, unattractive in many ways and, and undermine the beauty and the splendor of what it actually is. And, uh, you know, so first off is, you know, we need to stop using uh, cheap euphemisms about about heaven. And I think one I, I would just invite all listeners to get rid of is do not call heaven, quote unquote, a better place. <laughs> it's just like the most, uh, I think it's just it's such a cheap uh, um, uh, phrase that undermines the most powerful experience we would we will ever experience for eternity which is the beatific vision and and i think too it just makes the point is those who die in god's grace and friendship and are perfectly purified live forever with christ now a couple of things I, i'd like to say here is is that it says perfectly purified and i is uh, many times in talks or i'm speaking to youth or or at maybe a retreat so make a rhetorical question like, Hey, do you need to be perfect to get to heaven? And a lot of people, no, no one's perfect. And, but the bottom line is, is that yes, you have to be perfectly in love with our word. And some saints have pulled that off. I mean, some people have done that. They've through pain and suffering, uh, through conversion, through many, many, many struggles against sin. And, and they've conquered and they've, uh, you know, through the graces that God gives them through the sacraments, uh, I, I would say, yes, there have been people, maybe, maybe many more than we think that were perfectly purified and went straight to heaven. It's not, and even the church uh, grants a preliminary indulgence at, a de- at the death that the priest can pray an apostolic pardon, which removes all temporal punishment due to sin. So God can remove uh, and perfectly purify his soul before they die. It is a possibility, but we have to know that we have to be perfect in heaven. Why? Because if we weren't perfect, heaven wouldn't be perfect and it wouldn't be heaven. Um, so that's the first thing. And then it goes on to say in 1024 that what is heaven? And uh, I just think this is the key. This is the key. This 1024 should be how we, how we really speak about heaven. Let me read it again slowly. This perfect life. Now, now remember, it's a perfect life. There is nothing and as it says in scripture, nothing unclean, nothing that will bother you in heaven. Like there's nothing. Uh, I mean, we have never experienced that ever. And any day we've experienced on earth, we've never had a perfect experience. And you know that to be true. Even your best vacation, your best experience you've ever had, your best pleasure is not even, it's not even, a, you know, a, a grain of sand against the 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 beach of God, what we're going to experience in heaven, right? So it's this perfect life with the most holy Trinity, right? And it is this communion of life and love with the Trinity. Now, uh, it's kind of funny when you talk to people about heaven and like, well, hey, you know, what's heaven like? And people are like, well, you know, it's great weather and you get to eat whatever you want. We get to see your grandma and your friends and all this stuff. And you know, they'll, they'll talk about and I get to ski and golf and perfect, you know. Uh, greens and so forth and you know yada 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 and and they'll go through this long list of like what a person would think is a heavenly experience but they tend to fail to mention the most important factor is you're in the presence of god face to face and that is essentially the what heaven is is to be with him forever and not just to see him uh, dimly through the eyes of faith which we do through the Eucharist, we don't see if he's present, but he's not, we can't see him as he is. 
uh, he's unveiled. It truly, you see God face to face. It's called a beatific vision. And also you're in the presence of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the angels and all the blessed it is called heaven. And this final, this final sentence, I think, is very, very uh, telling. It says, heaven is the ultimate end and the fulfillment of the deepest human longings, the state of supreme definitive happiness. And that's a strong, powerful sentence. It's the ultimate end. It's what we've always wanted. And that's, that's, the, that's the heaven of it, that we have always desired, whether we know it or like. Every human person is desired to be with God and to be in this perfect state. Um, but also, it's the fulfillment of the deepest human longings. And that's a very consoling thing. You will never desire anything ever again. I, I know when you think about it, we are always desiring something. We're always thinking about the bigger, better deal. We're always th- trying to find a better place to go. And that's why we talk, talk about heaven that way, is it actually does exist, right? And, uh, but also, it's supreme, definitive happiness. Uh, we are perfectly happy, and it's forever. And I just think that is something we should contemplate and think about in prayer. Like, if you really... I mean, it is worth everything to be there. Everything. If we saw heaven, if we experienced heaven, we would sell everything. We would do anything to go there. But the problem is, is it's an article of faith. We're not probably not going to be able to see it. We have to believe it exists and we have to follow God. One final anecdote, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas. um, He was uh, arguably one of the greatest theologians of all time. And he was uh, apparently, uh, during his writings, our Lord appeared to him and asked him, you know, you know, Thomas, I will give you anything. What do you want? He says, all I want is you, Lord. And then I think St. Thomas actually had, it was just for a matter of seconds or might have been a minute, but it really was not a long time. He was able to see, God allowed him to see heaven for just a moment. And he just, he basically stopped writing. And he said, it's all straw. And he threw out his, he never finished his writings. And he just got stuck in a trance, so to speak, and died two weeks later and probably went to heaven. But whatever he saw was well beyond what we could ever, how we could ever explain it. And that's why St. Paul says, eye is not seen, ear is not heard, what God has prepared for those who love him. God bless you.